happy Wednesday or Thursday, Friday, whatever day you're listening to this another episode of Avery and Friends. Thank you for tuning in. As always, you're too kind. Uh, today on the pod, oh, I, one note. Yep, we missed last week. That one's on me. Uh, didn't have one recorded. I uh, was busy doing other life stuff. Um, but we have this one for you, and then we have a couple more in the works. So don't worry, the content will be coming fast and furious. Um, but back to today's episode. So today I have Matt Amadeo. Uh, he is a friend of a friend. Uh, well, I guess I shouldn't say that me and Matt are friends. I would consider him a friend. Um, that's how we met is that he was a friend of of a friend. Uh, anyways, Matt is living in Somerville, Boston now. Uh, he is currently, he's doing a couple things. He's going to school to be an archivist, which we'll get into that. Uh, I didn't know what that was before we started the podcast, so that's very interesting. If you want to learn something new, stay tuned. Uh, And then he also has some other pretty unique things about him. Uh, So we get into a whole lot of his swimming career, and uh, we talk talk some politics, just talk some real-world stuff. Um, So if you want some of an intellectual conversation, stay tuned. Not that we're two intellects. well, I'm certainly not. He, I'll let Matt speak for himself. Um, but anyways, yep. Again, just plug the socials. Uh, Avery and friends on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok too. Uh, trying to boost that TikTok as we know. So that's the main social media of the future. TikTok. Uh, again, we are presented by proud, proudly presented by Schultz Power Washing Equipment. Uh, not sorry, not equipment. Just Schultz's power washing. Um, again, spring is coming. We got the Masters coming up this weekend. Uh, March Madness is over, so people are starting to hang out outside. And if you're on your back deck and you look down and it's just all grimy, there's dirt or the side of your house, you know, apartment building, whatever. If you need a power wash and you don't have one, my guy Andrew Schultz. He'll come to your house, whether you're in Rhode Island, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, maybe in New York. Uh, just head over to his Instagram, Schultz Power Washing. Uh, DM him or get in touch with him some other way. Uh, and he will come on over and clean that grime up for you. Um, so enough of me talking. Let's get into our guest, Matt Amadeo. All right, so we're live. Hey. Matt, how, is it Amadeo? Amadeo? How do you Amadeo, sp- yeah. Amadeo. Matt Amadeo. Nice to have you on the podcast. Yeah. Say, say hi to the camera. Hey, oh, over there. Hey. <laughs> First, uh, well, we did record another podcast video, but it didn't see the light of day. Maybe one day um, yep. if people ask for it. But thank you for coming on. Yeah. Uh, I think we, what we talked about it last week. A little bit, uh, my social media man, Danny, mentioned that you were interested in the podcast, and here we are. You excited to be here? Yeah. Social media manager, Daniel Brown, does a really good job, so uh, I was so excited to be here. Yeah, and you're, I think you're, you might be the first guest that 
someone else is like booked for me so to speak like because yeah. no, i normally i do them all i mean i texted you but danny said texas yeah, person an agent now, so. technically. <laughs> no commission though no commission yeah upsetting uh, yeah are you nervous a lot some people are like nervous when they come on i don't i mean eh. <laughs> i had a long day so i'm a little tired but <laughs> other than that i mean I worked in sales for a long time, so I'm mm-hmm. used to just talking to people about random things. So <laughs> you could talk to the wall behind me, not yeah, necessarily me. Exactly. <laughs> um, perfect. So let's get kind of right into what you're doing now. Uh, I know you got your hand in like a few couple things working on. Um, what do you want to start? Do you want to start with kind of where you're at in your life? Maybe give a quick background of what you were doing in sales, uh, so people can kind of get the whole picture of who is Matt. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, currently living in Somerville, um, I did my undergraduate career at Boston college. Uh, during that time there, I was a swimmer. Uh, I also majored in history and economics. Okay. I wanted to major in political science first, but I failed the first class. So I was like, <laughs> all right, can't do this. Um, and then I switched. Why, to, was it like a lot of writing or you it just, was, I, you just okay, didn't I like it at the, all? I think the professor was just reversed sexes she she hated men she liked the woman because okay. all the men dropped out like of that class huh. i'm like I'm not, I'm not kidding okay <laughs> i was like all right whatever but we all dropped out mm-hmm. um so then i switched to history and then obviously you can't just major in history yeah. you have to do something else or else people will be like what are you going to do with your life mm-hmm. um be a historian <laughs> yeah so i did history and economics so that's where i kind of well when covid hit i like applied to many different jobs so um, you graduated 2020, yep, same as me. Okay. Graduated 2020 during the pandemic, um, and I was supposed to have a job at the company Toast mm-hmm. as a sales a sales rep. And um, Toast called me like the day that BC actually sent us all home, saying mm-hmm. like, "Hey, sorry, we're not hiring anybody." And I was like, "Shit!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> like got sent home and lost my job on the same day. Mm-hmm. Do you want to explain to? I know we're in Boston, but we have like listeners all across the world. What is Toast? Because yeah, it's so, a pretty interesting company. Yeah. Toast has my old company. I would talk up much higher of it if I was still working there. But <laughs> um, it's a POS system, which is basically what restaurants use, point of sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically just like a cash register almost that you can do. You can like run your whole restaurant from. So I actually work at a restaurant too. We can get to that at some point. But <laughs> I would use Toast there. And like mm-hmm. every day I'm like, damn, like this is so good. Yeah. Like I'm mad that I didn't get to work there. But um, ended up working at a different company, a software company called SmartBear. Um, okay. I lasted there the sales, as a sales development representative, and then I went to be an account executive, mm-hmm. which I was like doing really well, actually, um, even though I just did not enjoy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> corporate, corporate America itself sucks, mm-hmm. um, but corporate <laughs> sales, even worse. Yeah. Just the culture. I'm, I'm not going to say anything bad about SmartBear's culture. I'm separate from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's the culture and sales in general sucks. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's one thing that I kind of didn't realize. I purposely chose like marketing and working in a marketing agency, but it kind of has helped me is that it's not necessarily companies' cultures, it's more industries' cultures. Yep. So you have like sales culture, you have finance culture, you have uh, mar- marketing is a little different than sales, obviously, but there's like different types of cultures. And so, like, picking an in- accounting. I mean, I'm just picking business too. Obviously, there's hundreds of other industries out there. I'm just in business, so that's why I'm focusing on that. Uh, but each cult- restaurant business, each cul- each industry has different cultures, and trying to find that because all all 
businesses within that one industry essentially have similar cultures obviously some are different but yeah. i'll let you continue no that's like it's crazy you say that because the restaurant people like so different than the people that i encounter oh yeah versus like my history master's program like those people a lot different than mm-hmm. the people that i deal with at a restaurant so yeah getting into that portion of it so i eventually applied to get my master's in history because that was mm-hmm. my goal originally um and i got into a history program at umass boston and they gave me pretty much a half half off tuition and then they were going to pay me back the rest of the tuition if i worked for them oh that's awesome yeah so i basically got a free ride there Mm -hmm. um and i did the archives track because going back to my boston college days um there was a boston college alumni obviously who worked at the national archives and reached out to a bunch of bc students who were in the history track there Mm -hmm. was not many there's like 20 and i reached out and i was like yeah like that'd be kind of cool working the national archives i had no idea what they were about um, so I interned there the summer of 2017, 2018. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of those summers, and it was unpaid, sadly. But okay. the whole summer, like, I did a whole project, and I kind of stayed in touch with them to the point where I was like, all right, this is dope. Let's do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I've been in my grad program ever since, getting my master's in history on the archives track, it's called. So you're at this internship kind of walk me through what it means <laughs> because i so again to be completely transparent with the listeners i was texting danny about i was again doing a lot of research before the show trying to figure out what we we're going to talk about and he was talking about the national archives i had to look up what that meant i have no idea i i mean obviously i know what archive is old documents but i guess there's there's a u.s like government agency called the national archives yeah. So can you explain that? Because I have no idea what that is. Yeah. So I'll give you. Do they a, hold like the Declaration of Independence <laughs> or like? I don't think the DC one actually has. That. I think like one of the major Smithsonian's has that. But okay, um, you're on. You're like on the right track. So let's go. I'll talk about the National Archives and like archives itself because they're very different. Mm-hmm. Um, the National Archives is the U.S. government's federal archive. So it okay. holds all the important documents that the government at a federal level creates. So, like, we obviously cannot destroy documents such as the Constitution, Declaration Mm -hmm. of Independence. We want to keep them all. Um, And then throughout the years, all the legal documents that came out, like, all just, like, different law cases, we had to keep these records. So, the government has the U.S. National Archives, and then kind of the archival branch explodes from there. Okay. Um, So, essentially, if the Supreme Court rules on i can't think of anything recently in the news because i don't really pay attention but um if they rule on something and there's all of these filings and whatnot that would then go in the national archives yeah correct? the original paper would go in like the original order in the archive okay and then some the guy wearing white gloves yeah. with a suit on no you're actually like we actually have like white gloves we wear it's crazy that's kind of like, cool yeah i had to order like a bunch of white gloves a bunch of like folders and boxes yeah. just to like <laughs> have all this stuff on hand and it's from this like it's, it's website's called gaylord archival and i'm like of course like you know, why? Such a, <laughs> of course it is um but anyways like the archival profession itself to give you like the normal people terms because mm-hmm. i know that like when i talk to an interviewer or i talk to a professional i'm like yeah we process and inventory records mm-hmm. and you probably have still have zero idea what that is <laughs> But basically, it's like, yeah, um, I work at the Somerville Archive right now. City of Somerville Archive is an intern. What I do every day. So each city has an archive. Even a small town. I'm from Vermont. Like Even a small town in Vermont might have one. Yeah. 
They probably have one. Okay, or like the county has one or yeah, something. State of Vermont has a really nice one. I've actually really? been there, <laughs> and I really I've applied there. Where, so. where is it? It's in Montpelier. I'm pretty sure. It's huh. like it's like right out of Burlington, kind of. Like. Yeah, Montpelier is like kind of the middle of the mm-hmm. state. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny that yeah. you've been. There. It's dope because I've been to Burlington. And I drove by. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, what the, we gotta go. <laughs> so, so how long have you been in? So you've been into this for how long? Like. Well, I started back when the National Archives inter- internship, 2017. So that, that started That kind of started the interest, and I never thought I would go to it because mm-hmm. pre-COVID, I was like, I'm not going to get my master's in history. But um, post-COVID, I was like, or during COVID, it kind of shaked everything up. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, might as well apply, you know, have nothing better to do. COVID made everyone bored, so I applied into grad school. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you're going back... Sorry, I kind of interrupted you talking about Vermont, but you were talking about like processing and inventory, but what yeah. that actually means. Yeah. So basically that means like I take like all the important records and documents that like we produce in the city. So today, mm-hmm. for example, I went to the Department of Public Works and I had to inventory and just like write down all of their different plans that they we need to keep like building plans. You can't mm-hmm. throw them away, unfortunately. And some of them are like I measure I have to measure them to put them in the boxes too. It's like thirty six inches like long unrolled and like ten inches wide. They're like mm-hmm. fat things. And I'm like, it's such a waste of paper. Like <laughs> Can't why just are we digitize st- Yeah, this. exactly. <laughs> that's a that's a big thing in our game, digitizing. <laughs> um and yeah, I did that all day. I put them in boxes and I sent them off to an offsite facility. Mm-hmm. And I had to like basically say, like, this box has this, this box has this, and then that's basically a rundown of what we do in the most simple of terms. Like we keep records and we preserve them and we make sure that they're in like temperature controlled rooms, humidity controlled rooms. And if anybody comes to us and says, Hey, I need this. I need like the city of Somerville's new high school construction record. I can be like, okay, it's on this box over there. And that's what we do. <laughs> okay. And do, do different people that work in the like office, so to speak, or the branch, do different people have different jobs? Like one yeah. person is looking up where things are. One person is storing things. One person is maintenance and so on. Yeah, this will actually help me clear up what I just said before because archivists will get mad if I lump them in with everybody else. What, what was the archivist? Archivist, yeah. We're called okay. archivists. <laughs> but I'm like learning archivists, all this new stuff. There's it's like sick. archivists is what I do and what I want to be. And okay. there's like reference librarians and reference archivists, which are the people that you ask questions to. And like librarians too, like archivists, like I know people just want to say, are you a librarian? No, 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 no. Archivists, librarians are like werewolves and vampires. Like we are <laughs> against each other. We are not librarians. That's funny. That's funny to hear that there's that rivalry. Cause I, lo- I love the rivalries like that in like different industries. Yeah. And I just learned about, so obviously I knew about Michigan and Ohio state. This is like completely different, but in, I think it's in Ohio, they, cross out all the m's on like game day when they play ohio state and football and stuff i had no idea that that was it was that heated (laughs) but like i love hearing like because there's something like that with doctors too because there's like people that went to med school and there's people that like yeah doctors and pas that's what it is yeah Yeah. my partner's a doctor and he just oh (laughs) so i love hearing these little like rivalries that just people pretty much do the same job but it's just a little bit different so they hate each other yeah exactly (laughs) 
I mean, we're, we're all a bunch of nerds, really. Like, yeah. if you're archivist, you probably are like, oh, so like, you probably think like old lady, like all like librarian with glasses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's just me. <laughs> it's just me sitting in a room with a bunch of papers, learning stuff. <laughs> and that's what I like about it. I like just sitting secluded and just like, you get to learn constantly. Mm-hmm. You're reading like documents from like, today I was reading like 1920s building plans, which is like not something I'd ever look at before. Mm-hmm. So. So that's what you like about it is that you're kind of always learning something new. Yeah. It's random everyday kind of information. Yeah, you kind of feel like a detective some days cuz like when you have when you actually get asked to find stuff, you have to look through and then you're like, "Hmm, if they want this, they'll probably want this as well." And it's helped me in like a lot of other aspects. Like I got contracted by the Boston National Park Service to do a research project recently, which I'm underway right now. Uh, basically just looking at pensions of revolutionary war soldiers during the siege of boston who fought during the siege of boston yeah and i have to transcribe their pension records (laughs) so what what do they want to know about the pension records just how much money was paid out well the pension records say like back then said like literally everything that you could ever want about the person it gives you the money but then it's also like this guy who served here in died here maybe or served under this guy and he was courageous in battle and mm-hmm. so whatnot so it's kind of cool but oh, they just want to like give light to the people who fought and try to find like new information yeah maybe like write a write a book or something maybe, yeah maybe you'll get featured in the museum or something i know that's what I, hopefully <laughs> <laughs> so i guess another question i had is how how do you get clearance to get these different because i'm sure that like some of them like i couldn't walk in there and ask for like city halls like building plans because i might put a bomb in there or something i don't so i'm sure there's like checks and balances to it you can't just give any information to anyone yeah um so kind of how does that work and or is it just you have to have this piece of paper that's signed by someone as simple as that Every archive has like set restrictions, um, and the National Archives, like most of their records, are publicly open. Okay. So majority of archives are all publicly accessible. It just really matters on the person who donates. So, for example, like at the UMass Boston is connected to the JFK Library, okay. and there's JFK archives in there. So some of the some of the members of the Kennedy family, mm-hmm. um, it's not the JFK, it's like RFK archive i messed it up Um, okay but it is the j it's the jfk museum yeah and it's like the kennedy archives attached to it which i'm actually in the process of processing one of the collections from there (laughs) (laughs) which basically just means i'm organizing and filing it and finding out what's in there um but yeah like they're connected to the kennedy museum and like some people or some of the kennedy family members said like don't show these archives to anybody except their family until we die. And that's like okay. just part of the donor relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that makes sense. Cause it's probably something personal and they only yeah. want their, whether it's kids or nephews or something to be able to go in there. Huh? Yeah. That's interesting. Crazy Kennedy family. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. I just, I love to hear kind of random things like this that people are passionate about. Uh, this is kind of the whole point of the podcast and archive. I definitely, if you told me when I started this podcast, I'd be having someone on here to have an archive conversation. I yeah. certainly, certainly wouldn't um, expect that. Um, anyways, so going forward, do you, I guess, what is like the career trajectory? Is it becoming an archive? Is it archival ar- archivist? Archivist. Yeah. Archivist. Is that like the, 
cool person in this world or is there like kind of other job roles that you see yourself in? There are like plenty of other job roles, but because I'm doing the archives specifically, uh, archives focus specifically on the history masters, I'm going to be an archivist, hopefully. Okay. So, because right now working at the city of Somerville, so I'm hoping this is like a good trajectory to, I want to eventually go back to the National Archives. I have uh, one of the, the director of the Massachusetts National Archives is actually one of my professors. Oh, okay. So I've like built a relationship with him and I recently asked him like, hey, could I possibly intern with you this coming fall? Mm-hmm. And he said like, okay, I just have to pull a few things. We'll see. It just depends because COVID has put so many restrictions on most federal buildings. So yeah. they, could, they can't have one currently. Oh, um, really? So if they can, he said that he would let me do it. So, huh. And I'm hoping that eventually I can move and be an archivist at the National Archives at Boston. Yeah. So what did your, because I, I always find this funny when people kind of change their life goal. And obviously there's societal pressures. There's pressure from your parents, friends, just what you see on TV, things like that. How did you kind of cope with that? And how did you like come to the realization that this is what I want to do? I want to go 100% like go to his go to master's school work have a job on the side but this is what i want to do yeah i think part of it was because like covid kind of opened my eyes to my plan after college was to just go right into corporate america work in sales Mm -hmm. and so covid gave that unique opportunity where it's like we're all working at home like i live with my parents for a very long time so i got a job in corporate america and i had that chance to be like do i like this do i want to be in here I got to have the comfort of being home. I eventually Mm -hmm. moved out, but it still, I had the comfort of always being so close. So I think that like presented an opportunity where after a year working in corporate sales and convincing myself that I could probably do it, it was good money, but I woke up every day and like I had a meeting at 8.30 every morning and I'd wake up at like 8.28 a.m. Yeah. And just like put my Zoom on and be like, I can't, I can't get out of bed today. Like I don't want to, and I would have to make like one email or do like one email, one phone call. And Mm. I'd just be like, fuck, I can't do this. I don't want to do this (laughs) because it's just. so we took a little intermission there there's an issue with the recording device um which we'll we'll still have the audio from the lovely iphone cameras but it's gonna be shitty audio um so apologize to the listeners but we have loyal listeners they they stick through it they stick through it you guys stay i'm not sure how much you missed but we went off on a long tangent so (laughs) (laughs) um but anyways so we're talking about your uh the paper you're writing mm-hmm. and i i this like idea of information and whatnot um what i mean i don't really want to put you on the spot but i'm going to do you think that that exhibit should have been opened i think it should have been open yeah okay. this has been like far enough removed now where definitely after reading these essays too it's like because when was it was 19 1995 okay yeah but even today, it's like if you made a new exhibit and it like showed something about the Holocaust, are you just not going to open it? Because some people, like obviously, it's like not the greatest thing. You don't want to see that. No mm-hmm. one wants to. It's just you need to learn about this stuff. Yeah. So especially like the Enola Gay, like the bomb dropping, the bombs mm-hmm. dropping on Japan, like 
no one likes that. No one wants to hear about it, but it's like what happened. And that was a major, a major event in history. Mm-hmm. Basically entered us into the cold war, nuclear era. Oh, so many. Yeah. <laughs> and we, I mean, America killed hundreds of thousands of people. So, uh, we need to learn about it. And just because, mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that people are saying like fighting against it, saying like, Oh, we can't open it because it will say something bad about America. It's like, well, then you're agreeing that it's bad right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's definitely hard for people living in America to kind of, I mean, I've come to realize this, but I think it's harder f- for others uh, that, I mean, America's done a lot of like terrible things. I mean, we can go <laughs> down the list of things. And I, I also thought it was interesting. I, I was reading this article recently. I forget where, what publication it was. But they were talking about this like German textbook that's like taught in some like high school. It's not high school because they have like 13th, 14th. Like they have higher grade. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they have. There's well. like a name for it or something. But there's one book that is taught in like journalism and stuff, and it's like America propaganda, <laughs> and it's it's true. Like it's, I mean, it's true. And like obviously that's like one part, but like it's always like, oh, America, we're the best. Like home of the free land of the brave like whatever but it's like like with the world war Two, and then i mean obviously with like drone strikes and stuff like there's there's so many things that america does wrong and it i think it's hard living here you're kind of isolated from it because it like like we said might not necessarily make the news because of the news programs covering other stuff uh, but I think it's like important to be aware of those things. Yeah, and I think that's a consequence that's good and bad of the mm-hmm. information age because we know all these bad things that America has done. Yeah, are like it just every country has done in general. Like we can just Google search just like American imperialism, like American slavery. Yeah. We can Google search all these things. Um, but now that like it's just I don't know too much information out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've definitely myself tried to limit my like consumption of news because, especially, well, there was a point like kind of in college and like also when I got out of college, that I was like, oh, politics seems kind of like interesting. Like I might want to get into that. Um, maybe that was just because it was like everyone was into politics. Now everyone's kind of just like, yeah, get away, get away, get away. Everyone does. Um, <laughs> but so I was like consuming a lot of it, and I've kind of. Not that I'm like happier, but just I feel like because obviously you need to be informed, but just that almost like carefree. I, I enjoy that, so to speak. And maybe that's bad to say, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like it comes from a point of privilege, just like not being able to care too much and just being yeah, carefree. Definitely, which is like it's nice to be able to do that. But it's like some people like just if like if I if I currently lived in Florida right now, like. I'd be, I mean, I am up in arms, but like Florida mm-hmm. just passed the don't say gay bill. Yeah. And if I lived in Florida, I mean, that wouldn't directly affect me, but it's like, I'm living in that state and it's just like, I don't know if I had grown up there, I would have been not been able to just like, it's for kids, kindergarten through third grade. Like you can't talk about just like same sex couples and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I had like, if I had that when I was younger and I wasn't able to talk about that stuff, I would have like had been scared <laughs> growing yeah. up. So um just yeah it all is about like where you live 
we're like privileged enough where we can not care about it. Massachusetts, yeah. like everything is, I mean, we have the mayor of Somerville just came in. It's a new woman and she's very great. She's mm. very, she's liberal. She's nice. She like does great things. And the same with Boston. They have Mayor Wu, who everyone, I mean, she gets a lot of hate on like a Facebook and people are protesting out of her house, like still. Yeah. And it's like, at this point, I'm like, this is just kind of scary racism, <laughs> like scary, just like misogyny because mm. she's doing a decent like what what does a mayor do like how much does a mayor really affect what goes on yeah (laughs) people just blame everything on people of power Mm -hmm. as well oh yeah and that's that's kind of another thing i've realized growing up too is that i mean everyone makes a big deal about who the president is who the governor is whatever but it's kind of more like your local government has a lot more power over you than anything else and even then i mean i'm living in malden massachusetts the government hasn't really affected my life that much like from living here i mean the only thing they could affect is i i, I really can't like uh, taxes i mean i gotta pay more in taxes or whatever um i mean the fire department came here once because this fire alarm kept going off and wow. it just wouldn't stop i mean this is like i haven't had like large interactions um like kind of with like the city and stuff like that um and i think it's people also look to might look to others for help on things, which obviously people need that help. Um, but I really think that is kind of those positions. Like you said, it's kind of like I to compare it to like sports or like a business, like the quarterback will get all the credit even when they deserve it or they, or they'll get all the hate when, even if they don't deserve it. Same with like a CEO, if the company's doing really well. They get all the credit or they get all the blame. It's kind of like that same same system. Yeah, that that was that's like one of my biggest beef with sports too. <laughs> it's just what? like unlike teams, it's like one person gets the credit, like the oh, yeah. like the pitcher of a baseball team yeah. gets the credit, and it's just like on a soccer team, like the guy who got the goal. It's like I mean, I don't. It's like that's a bad example, but I mean, I swam back in college, and that is like swimming. Team swimming is an entirely team effort, which is mm-hmm. one of my favorite things about it. Like one person, I mean, one person can win all their events, and everyone else can't, but it's still like. Even if you singularly win an event and your whole team does bad, you you lost. So mm-hmm. that's what I liked about it. Huh? That's interesting. Because I because I feel like I mean maybe this is just me generalizing my opinion on everyone else. I tend to do that. But people think of swimming as an individual sport almost. But do do swimmers really not? Because you swim at higher level than most people. College swimmer. Congrats. Um, I think you're the second college athlete i've had on the podcast because my friend andrew schultz sponsor the podcast schultz power washing we'll give him a little plug um that's twenty dollars for an in in uh in podcast sponsorship andrew but anyways so that's so that's interesting that you look at does kind of everyone within swimming look at it that way or is that just kind of your isolated experience, do you think, at Boston College? Or yeah. maybe it's college versus Olympic. I don't know. Yeah, basically what you're saying. It's like face, when you grow up, when you're starting swimming, like age four or five, all the way up to high school, mm-hmm. it's all individual because you're on a team, but you're trying to just get your best times. It's yeah. not like you're fighting for your team to beat their team. It's just being a better swimmer and being an individual. Okay. And then in high school, then you start doing like high school sports, like I went to Haverhill High School, so Haverhill High School versus like Chelmsford, for example. Then it's like a team effort. But even then, it's like still individual on the level where you want to get better times. But starting in high school is when it's like, okay, you're on a team. 
Like, even if I beat him, like, if I, it doesn't matter if I beat him by, like, 20 seconds or, like, 3 seconds, I still beat him. So, like, you get to that point where it's like you're on a team, and then going into college, it's all team. It's like, obviously, yeah, still, you want to have individual individual best times. It's good to have individual goals. Mm-hmm. Um, I just started to lose <laughs> lose my goals throughout college because I was so <laughs> sick of swimming at that point. Um, but I kind of, like, thought of it more as a team thing. Okay. Which... I think like it actually kind of varies from swimmer to swimmer, but in the it like overall, it's like when you're on a swim team, if you're at a swim meet, like we swam against Bryant all the time, mm-hmm. and that was actually one of our biggest rivalries because Bryant beat <laughs> really? us, yeah, Bryant beat us <laughs> twice, and we beat them twice. I'm pretty sure. Go Bulldogs! Either that or like three and one because your swim team, Bulldog, Bryant Bulldog swim team is really good. Really, As a former BC swimmer, I will say that on this podcast. Let's go! It's like you guys had some very, you guys had an Olympian from Guam. Yeah, yeah, uh, I yeah. Feel, uh, what? And he uh, would just sweep the floor. Yeah, what was his name? I feel, I feel bad that, but shout out that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I also know. I think our diving team won. And you may know this better than me, but I think our diving team won like consecutive championships. Yeah, I wouldn't even be surprised. Your girls win like the well, they used to win the whatever cha- New Max. I don't know what you, NEC. NEC. Now you guys, we're in you the guys American just East left though. to go American yeah. East. Yeah, just talked big to news. Social media. Big news. Danny about this <laughs> because I was like, dang, you guys left like VCs in the ACC, and should it be? Should it go back to like it used to be in the Big East? I think it should go back to that. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean. Us against all the ACC schools, like we're we're not good in like most sports. Yeah, <laughs> like that's across the board basically. Yeah, uh, except for like fencing and lacrosse, women's lacrosse. I'll give them credit. I'll give the women's teams credit. But like swimming, like we can't compete against them much. Now BC is probably great. I don't want BC swimmers to listen to this and <laughs> hear me just shitting on them. But now it's so much better. Like I wasn't really? even like I was like when I first entered freshman year, I was like middle of the pack maybe like top middle of the pack and then by senior year i was like bottom middle of the pack and mm. i was very fine with that because i still got to work out and exercise every day and i still got to go to the meets but it's like uh, like at the end of the day it didn't fall on me <laughs> which mm-hmm. i uh, i don't know senior year i was so over it so what does i guess because i mean you say workout but i mean obviously football i know kind of like the workouts they did like i played lacrosse like is it is it like specifically lifting weights or is it more cardio stuff or is it really both? Yeah. For swim practice, not a lot of people like know about it. It's like we do yeah. lift, but we did lift three times a week. So very okay. minimal, like only for like an hour at a time. And then majority of your time is every day we had a minimum of two hours of swim practice. So we'd get and in that's the pool. in the pool? Yep. We'd okay. get in the pool. We'd do like a thousand warm up, like a little bit of this, a couple of kicks, and then we do like a set, just basically like you would do like at a track practice or something. Like you do four four hundreds, like run around the track. So it's like four four hundreds in the pool, something just like that. And you just make big sets, and you just do that for two hours straight. And I mean, like I did it every single day for a lot of my life, so I was very used to it. But then again, by senior year, I was just getting so old. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I was a distance swimmer, which distance swimmers have it the hardest. Like, we have beef with sprinters because sprinters, like, the people assume, like, the 50 freestyle, Mm -hmm. they get to practice and do, like, 100 yards, and then they're good to go. But then (laughs) we have to do, like, 10,000 yards, and we're still not good. We have to do, like, so much. So just, like, the constant, just, like, yardage. I was like, dang, I'm getting old. 
Not even that. I was just like, I'm sick of this. <laughs> so why why did you sign up for that? Why didn't you pick one of the shorter ones? Or were you just not fast enough to, I, yeah, to do I got, those? So you got to do the... You get recruited specifically for your specialty. So I got recruited specifically for distance. But mm. by senior year, I became like semi-distance, semi-butterflyer. Okay. The butterflyer in me came out. It was great. <laughs> That's I think that's definitely the coolest race to see, just because it's such a weird way of swimming. Like, yeah, <laughs> you could put a thousand people in the pool, and probably like two or three of them would swim that way. Like if they didn't know how to swim at all, like if that, and yeah. I just I just always find that. I don't think I could do it right now if I got in a pool. <laughs> like really? I haven't. I actually like weirdly enough, I haven't touched a pool since I left Boston College. <laughs> you haven't gone swimming at all. No. I like, is it like a thing like what like ocean like nothing well like ocean yes okay. but i haven't been into a pool and it's like really weird to say that because like i think i have like ptsd from the pool or something like, not 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 even a friend's pool no public pool <laughs> no I'm trying to think like you haven't been on vacation no i spent too many hours of my life already in a pool i'm like so over it but eventually i'll probably like go in i might have like been in once because my niece was in the pool okay and that's like the exception yeah hot tub no. <laughs> the hot tubs yeah, yeah yeah so hot tub and ocean is fine hot tub just, and ocean, just not like, like a olympic size yeah pool, i so haven't been but maybe i've been like looking up pools in the somerville area i actually hate to admit that but i've been looking up pools because i'm like i have my speedos i have all my goggles i have my caps like I might as well go do it. Yeah. I was in the best shape of my life during then. Like that's part of the reason why I kept stuck to it senior year and loved it because mm-hmm. you're in great shape and it's like constant cardio. Like you're still building muscle at the same time. So much better than running. I hate running. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's probably easier on like your joints and stuff yeah. too, right? Because you're just moving through water rather than slamming your feet against pavement. Yeah, so much better. I had huge shoulders. I had like broad shoulders. And (laughs) it was like people would be like, you look like a linebacker. Because I used to be, and when I entered college, I was 120 pounds. I was Mm -hmm. very small. (laughs) And now I'm not that. Yeah, that's interesting. So you really did know cardio outside of just swimming. No. Because there's there's really no point, right? Yeah, there's no point. Why would you run or kind of like bike or do anything yeah you might well, as well high school swim. i literally had no life i swam from 5 a.m to 7 a.m i went to school from like 7 8 whenever we went till two and then during the winter i had high school swim team two to four mm-hmm. and then i had my normal swim team team five to 7 30 or five to eight so i'd be wow. at the haverhill i'd be at haverhill high school from 5 a.m to 8 p.m <laughs> so i know that pool better than anyone else and that pool is in shambles at haverhill high school <laughs> Please fix it. <laughs> we need to start a GoFundMe page or yeah. something. Oh my God, we do. It's every day that seemed like a tile was missing, or every winter the heater would break. Yeah. And we would have to get in when it was two degrees outside and the pool would be 60 because it was like in ground. Yeah. And then my coach would just be like, just keep swimming. Like if you don't, st- if you don't stop, like you're gonna, you'll be fine. <laughs> if, if you stop swimming, you'll get hypothermia. Yeah. But if you keep swimming, you'll be good. <laughs> and I remember I was 120 pounds. So yeah. I would get out of the pool like purple and I'd be like, ugh. <laughs> Like, why, why did you just subject me to this? I think that's also where my hatred for swimming grew. Yeah. It stemmed from there. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you hear that with, like, a lot of athletes. Uh, I think of – I don't know why I think of this, but Andre Agassi, the tennis player, I don't I don't really know a whole lot about him, whether he was, like, super good or – I don't know if you know. Um, but I just know that I remember watching, like, an interview as a kid, and he was just like, yeah, I th- – 
fucking hate tennis. Like it's like the worst sport ever. But like he's some people are professional, and if you have one kind of coach that pisses you off or kind of like your experience, I don't want bad name Haverhill High School. But um, we'll shift from that. So you mentioned you're there from 5 a.m. to 8 p.m. Why? Like most most was it like did your parents influence you? Like you just loved it that much? Yeah, you know, I I really can't. I don't know. I can't really <laughs> Didn't give know you, what else to I do. I <laughs> can't give you a great reason. Like I because I got to that point in my swim career like around freshman year and that's the year where if you do any club sports, like you're going to be like, all right, do I really want to do this mm-hmm. or do I want to like have fun, not do that, be like a high school student that gets to do stuff. Yeah. Um, so freshman year is when I started to become pretty good. I made sectionals, which is the first like the first like s- the smallest meet in like the series of like nationals that swimming has. Okay. So I was like, all right, if I can make this, then I have something here. Mm-hmm. So I got moved up to our like senior elite team, it's called. And it was just me and a few others from Haverhill High School. Uh, me and my one of my friend Brianna Cameron. I'm not sure if you heard that name, but good friend of me and Danny Browns swam at UNC because she was so good. Yeah, um, so okay. Danny has talked about. Yeah, her. she's a great swimmer. Went made it to Olympic trials. Um, shout out to Brianna. Um, <laughs> but I started to get really good, and to the point where like, okay, my sw- my normal swim team outside of high school had practice five to seven a.m. and then five to eight thirty every mm-hmm. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then I also wanted to do high school swim team because I felt like I would. A, I would feel like a jerk if I was a good swimmer at Haver High and didn't go on their high school team. And then B, it's like, I don't know, it's the normal thing to do. I want to have a high, my high school friends. I want to yeah. be with them. So I swam all four years on the high school team. And the, my coach on the other team was like, if you're going to do the high school team, you have to swim at both practices. And I was like, really? Like, you want me to swim basically six hours in a day? He's like, yeah. So that's what I did. And I think this is where it all stemmed from. <laughs> I was there so much. <laughs> And then after I left the pool, I would usually go to my friend's house because I took AP Latin and every night we were assigned like a hundred lines of reading. So I'd go to my Jesus. friend's house just to like read it and then I'd finally go to bed yeah. and then I have to wake up at 5 a.m. And now I can barely, if I don't sleep like 13 hours, I can barely get up. But back <laughs> then it's like I slept on two hours. I'm ready to go for like a whole six, like 60 hours. Like <laughs> Wow. So it, so it, not, it wasn't necessarily a choice. It was just like, well, I want to do this. I want to do that. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> yeah, I fell into it. I became good. I knew I could go to college for it. And I knew, like, you know, like, I was good in school. I got good grades. But I'm like, wow, I have, like, a really good shot of going to a school like Boston College if I have swimming behind me. Yeah, definitely. Especially from Haverhill High School, where not a lot of people, like, get to go a lot of mm-hmm. places because people discriminate against us in Haverhill High School. They see that name and they're like, oh, Haverhill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like my class, class of 2016, we had two BC people. We had a Harvard person, Georgetown. We had Brian. We had all kinds of schools. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good, just like a life thing. I mean, going through that, I'm sure you feel like, like you said, you have four jobs now. You're probably like, oh, this is easy. Like, I don't, I don't have to physically exert myself for six, seven hours a day and then wake up at 5 a.m. Like, I, I can sleep in. I can wake up at 8. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm definitely starting to feel that. <laughs> That's why I front load my week, because then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is, like, where I'm, like, ah. Oh. And then I'm burning out by this point on a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's, like, okay, I have Thursday and Friday and the whole weekend to recover. Yeah. And I usually leave my weekend open anyways, because that's the only time 
like I usually can hang out with my boyfriend because he lives on the way in Worcester, Massachusetts, oh, which okay. for our listeners far away is like an hour drive, yeah. which isn't bad, but <laughs> not like <laughs> not like uh, <laughs> it's not like something I can just be like, hey, I'm coming over. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a Tuesday night. Oh, you want to like watch a movie or something yeah, like that? Yeah, <laughs> especially because like... his schedule is erratic. He's an ER doctor, so oh, Jesus. all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Never know when he's going to be off or on or yeah. Like tomorrow he's working from five p.m. to three a.m. And today he Jeez. was like he worked like last night into this morning. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I had one of my friends that was recently on Phil Cohen. He's a nurse in a neurological unit, like four, and like all because I text him every once in a while, or whatever. But like, especially when we were doing the podcast, I would like text him and then like hear back from him like five days later. He's like, "Oh, sorry, I was like working these three days and just like slept this other day." And like, those people just they have different lives. And like, obviously, I mean, being an ER doctor, I'm sure like the stress and stuff like that. I just I don't understand how people deal with that. Yeah, it's nuts. He tells me just like the things. He's like, "Yeah, today this person did this," and I'm like, "Oh, so casual." Uh, I'm like, "Whoa, okay." <laughs> yeah, because I think of, I think of the same thing about like co- people like uh, that are cops or if they kind of work in like the military or something like that. It's like, "Oh, honey, how's your day?" Or like, "Hey, how's your day?" It's like, "Oh, like <laughs> I saw like this happen," or it's it's brutal, man. <laughs> I know we exactly. we picked easy easy lanes. Yeah, exactly. And my job, it's like, oh, I saw a piece of paper that <laughs> like said this today, and it really upset me. <laughs> like, I have nothing I can complain about. <laughs> Wait, that's a big thing in archives too. Reparative language, you know. That's what is like, what does that mean? It's like you know how today, like a lot of the big things in politics and media, it's all about like changing language and making language more inclusive. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's in, that's intersecting archives now which is a how, huge debate. How so? Like, do you, so essentially like if there's something ri- like racist written or like sexist written in, uh, I mean, I, maybe you can like think of an actual example. Yeah. So like something that like, it's in a reparative hand, like a reparative language handbook that recently came out where it's like, just for an example, like if you're going to talk about like a slave who had a name instead of saying like, Oh, like, joe something's like black slave this person say like rebecca a black slave like give them agency like okay. just like keep the same language but so it's like not like changing it but people hear a parrot of language and they're like oh you're changing the language you're changing words and it's like no it's like <laughs> we're just like making it like i don't know like less bad like there's a lot of like a lot of these papers obviously like have very harsh racist language from the past like especially american papers like obviously everybody was very racist back in the day yeah we have very harsh language so just trying to change that and like even like we don't like explicitly take out like bad words like we just kind of like right on the beginning we say hey there's expletive language in here Mm -hmm. and then do with that what you will (laughs) like a trigger warning of sorts that's all it is but people hear things like reparative and they're like oh no yeah yeah and that's kind of like what we went back to like people don't when you hear someone explain it it makes like 100 percent sense but if you just someone else might hear something and be like yeah that's like with everything today too (laughs) literally everything you hear in the news it's like just like like headlines read instead of reading the headline read the article (laughs) yeah i mean yeah because that and that's one thing like i i don't work in media but i have like kind of a nerdy interest in media and one thing that's so bad about media is that 
it's all like ad driven. So if you, if someone clicks on the article, that's all they care about. They don't, yeah, the click they don't care if it's right. They don't care if like what the headline has nothing to do with it's what's in the body. They just care about that. Uh, but that, that is interesting that that's like kind of a thing in, in that world. Cause it is kind of a tough, I mean, I think it's hard with like everything like that. The, the way things are, we look at it today and we recognize it's wrong, but what do you, what do you do about that? Yeah. You, you can't just say, oh yeah, that was wrong. And then we're good. Like, yeah, exactly. Th- Cause then we'd throw out all of our past history. Yeah. <laughs> Cause everything, <laughs> I mean, today's standards is wrong, but I think mm-hmm. probably like in, in the year 2080, we're going to look back to what oh, we did yeah. today and we're going to be like, damn. What was wrong with us? Yeah, <laughs> like, or, yeah just, I'm sure it's gonna just keep happening. Yeah, I'm sure. Like 50 years from now, if I listen to this podcast and I'm still alive, I'll be like, "What? I said that?" Like, yeah, I'm there's be like, something. Dang, like, who, who was I? <laughs> yeah, I, I always think about that. The one thing, because I like like thinking about these things. I'm a weirdo, but things that like we'll look back on. And I think eating animals is something that we're gonna look back on and be like, really? "That's fucked up that we did that." I think so. <laughs> I mean, that's just like me thinking but because with all these like plant-based sh- like foods and things like that i just feel like like older generate or no sorry future not older kind of same along the same lines but they're gonna be like why are we eating animals when we can just eat mm-hmm. other stuff and i'm gonna be like no i want to have a fucking steak and like a <laughs> cheeseburger like yeah no that's i like chicken parm like <laughs> That's so interesting you say that because, like, do you think that's going to come out of, like, just America, like, our brains evolving so much where we're going to be, like, that's ethically wrong? Or do you think that's going to be, like, oh, like, evolutionary, that's, like, bad or something? I think it's more, like, ethically because, I mean, if you think about it, you're, I mean, I mean, you could say the same thing about, like, a tree, like, cutting down a tree to make paper. Yeah. But those things aren't necessarily, I mean, they are living, but that's, like, another step that, like, consciousness, but I just think that. Like, I mean, because, I mean, I don't know how close you are with animals, but have you ever heard held, like, a chicken, like, a, a little baby chick? Yes. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> I eat those every day. Yeah. I have three of those a day sometimes. Like, yeah, for a week morning. straight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, so I feel like, I mean, me and you are just kind of, like, like it's part of the culture. Like, yeah. my dad grew up on a farm. Like, he slaughtered pigs, like, cows, whatnot. But I just think, like, as we progress forward, we're going to be like, eh, maybe we shouldn't be doing yeah. this. We're gonna, I don't know. we're gonna look at like the ethics of it because i mean evolutionary speaking like we're super meant to like eat animals and yeah. plants we're omnivores so yeah <laughs> we're just gonna like ethically look back and be like wow like and then we're gonna get to a point where it's like why did we eat plants and i don't know <laughs> it's crazy to think that far ahead <laughs> yeah i know and like i also another one that i come across is is like driving cars like because like self-driving cars like they're gonna there's it might not happen in my lifetime but there will be a point where they humans it'll be illegal for humans to drive on the road i hope so because <laughs> if you just look at statistics i mean we kill how many tens of thousands of people and that's just in yeah. america not like around the world like there's gonna become a point where self-driving cars are so good i mean they get exponentially better yeah. every year that it's gonna be like it's to to younger people they're gonna be like you guys are so stupid you guys you let humans drive cars like <laughs> humans are stupid like we shouldn't be allowed to drive killing machines they're literally <laughs> just a, i mean like it wasn't the very first like henry ford model card like wasn't he like very anti-semitic like <laughs> yes henry ford was not the greatest guy he did he did invent the multi-engine 
but his views on the world were not the best. Yeah, but, but, but see, again, this is us looking back yeah, on him exactly. and judging him, but he made an engine. So, yeah. I mean, bad guy, but good invention. So, yeah. thanks. Not really. And and <laughs> he did a lot for, like, uh, per, he was the first guy. You can actually thank him for the five-day work week, too. Because, oh, boo. Well, no, it was the six-day work oh, week. Okay. He only had Sunday <laughs> off. But then he found that his workers were more productive when he gave them Saturday and Sunday off. Oh, they're gonna. Yeah. Well, now we're at the point where we need to get Friday. Wow, well, so that's Sunday. yes. Yeah, we're progressing. There's, there's a couple of European. I know Iceland did it, where they like told. I think it was government employees. Oh. They got four days off. They're doing it for a certain amount of months, and I know other countries are giving. There's some incentive to like give your employees like. But it's not like for everyone. I don't know. There's like trials. I think it makes sense. Yeah. But I'm also a worker. I'm not a business owner. Yeah. So. <laughs> like when but I, I mean, I, I really think it would make sense. Like, I don't. Yeah, it would make so much sense. I feel like it would benefit the economy all around because when I worked from home in my sales job, mm-hmm. and like in, it was during COVID, but like I was thinking like when I was working half the time, I'm like, how did people do errands back in the day? Like, if you had to be in an office right now, like... Oh, yeah. What did you, like, when did you do things? Like, did you only grocery shop, like, past 5 p.m. with all those people? I would die. <laughs> like, I need to, like, have... I need, I like to, like, do things right in the middle of the day. Like, I... <laughs> how do people go to offices and, like, have lives? So... And especially if, like, you're working a little late one day, like, you're, like, trying to finish something up and then... Yeah, exactly. Having more time out of theirs, more time for people to be out and about doing things. Mm-hmm. They'll be happier spending more money. Yeah. <laughs> just works in the long run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, society is, is definitely an interesting way it's set up. Especially like cities and I mean, Boston's a great example of it with the roads yeah. and stuff. I mean, it, it's set up like obviously with horse and like carrots. <laughs> Are you a Bruins fan? Well, my you... boyfriend's a big Bruins fan, so, so I hear yep. all about it. <laughs> and just as well, my our good friend, Danny Brown. I yeah. had a group message with him and a lot of the guys back home from Haverhill, mm. and with uh, without my choice, I just get... I know so much about sports just from them. <laughs> because all day, they'll just be like, Danny, did you hear? He'd be like, yeah. And I'd be like, about, like, about what? And they'd be like, they'll say like a, a last name. Yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and there's like, yeah, he got traded to this. And yeah. I'm like, oh, like, I, no, shucks. <laughs> I know. I've never been like really into like big into sports like that. Yeah. So it's like fun getting that. And like, because I've been in that message so long, I know quite a bit of names. Yeah. And like, I know, like, back in high school, I didn't, I literally didn't know how like football or basketball or any of that was played. Mm. And now I do. Yeah. Like, I love March Madness. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's one thing about, so like, I was a huge sports fan growing up. And then I kind of got out of it because I was like, kind of like, oh, there's more to life than sports. Like everyone always thought of me as like the kid that likes sports. And I didn't like that. So I was like, all right, I'm not going to really pay attention. I've started to kind of get back more into it. Um, but I do think it's one thing that's really weird. Um, and especially with guys. I mean, it's something like the weather. Like every you can talk to anyone about it. And like you instantly kind of have a connection. And especially with like gambling now too is like another big thing. Like I can go to a bar or like a game and like just like talk to the kid next to me and be like, Oh, like you got money on whoever. And like, if they do like now we're both che- like, I'm cheering for him. Like there's like, and then something about like, especially with your college friends too. Like, I don't know if you do this, but I mean, 
about different sports you text about oh bc is like doing this in sports or whatever like i felt that with brian i reconnected with a bunch of kids because brian made the uh tournament so like i met like like we all went to a bar in southie on like a wednesday night for like one of the games like i met a couple kids i hadn't met before and like we all kind of like hung out which we wouldn't otherwise do except for that sport you know what i mean yeah we, so it's, we, we do that all the time with yeah. PC. <laughs> so. Yeah, so it's a good, like, it kind of, like, brings people together. And then once you're together, obviously yeah. you're talking about it. But if that didn't happen, it wouldn't exist. Yeah, that kind of derails me into a different kind <laughs> of conversation about the gambling aspect of it. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, like, gambling, March Madness is super exciting. I was mm-hmm. I was actually in Vegas uh, March Madness opening weekend. No, like two you're weeks kidding. Ago. Yeah, I should have brought this up. I got some wild times in Vegas. Wow. Um, I was in Vegas, Let's like, on a this. Friday night. <laughs> um, and. I was up. I went out. We started the night at like six p.m. Like yeah. went out, and then I. Didn't Who are get, you with? I was with my friend from home, Josh. Okay. So he's from hey, back Haverhill guy, Josh Driscoll. Shout out. Shout <laughs> um, out. We were together. We were camping in the Grand Canyon for a few days prior, which was dope. But then we went to Vegas for a night, which I was like, you know, let's do it for one night. Yeah. So That's all you need. Yeah, we got a room at the Luxor, which is okay. the Black Pyramid Hotel. Mm-hmm. It's the one that's like it has carrot top in it. <laughs> so didn't get to see carrot top though. But yeah, Tough. that whole weekend it was March Madness, like opening weekend. So I was like, "Oh shit! Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop money on this, might yeah. as well." <laughs> and I just, I talked to like our friends. I listened to what they said. Yeah, they were already talking about like their parlays and all this other stuff. <laughs> and I just like, I was like, "Okay, I'm just gonna take this from you." Yeah. So I won a few things. I actually lost a couple from Danny, uh, <laughs> but I won, a, I won a little bit of money here and there. But like when I was out and about, it's just like you go into a big room and. Oh wait, no, you're good. Sorry, you go keep into going. A, you go into like a big room, and everyone is like watching the game, and they're all like betting on the same people, mm-hmm. and it's just like we're all in there together, just like all hammered, like, <laughs> talking about the talking about whatever game was going on at the time. But yeah, that was pretty dope. Whole weekend in Vegas, um, walked up and down the strip to start just to like get a feel of it, and it was a lot less walk well it is very walkable but mm-hmm. it takes you a very long time to go from one end to another and then all the way back oh yeah it's because they make you walk through everything but yeah i the whole night i was like you know what, i'm gonna stick to one thing and for some reason i picked tequila so i just kept drinking tequila sodas and it's like open carry laws there so yeah. you get a drink mm-hmm. walk down i was having a great night <laughs> we went to a drag show actually really yeah i saw miss jasmine masters uh one of my favorite drag queens from <laughs> rupaul's drag race season seven <laughs> and all-star season four or five. Oh god i forgot but it did was you, so good did you know that they were gonna be there or? no i just looked up local bars the local drag bars yeah. and then i just happened just to, see, happened her to there, see her there and i was like we have to go like you cannot let me not go <laughs> and we went forgetting that the drag shows don't start till like 2 a.m usually yeah and we went at like 10 p.m. and I was like, "Damn it!" Like, I'm like, I sat at the gay club for four hours waiting for here, <laughs> which like I wouldn't be upset about most of the time. So yeah. It's like I'm with like my friend in Vegas. Like I want to yeah. drop. My, I want to go lose all my money. I want to go lose my life savings over <laughs> in the slots. Like, come on! But it was dope. Did that, and then we went back to the slots, and that's when I, that's when I was really drunk and sat down at the blackjack table. And yeah. That's where it all went downhill. Downhill. Yep. All the money I made playing March Madness games, downhill. Tough. Yeah, I've never been. I haven't done Vegas since like turning twenty one. I went with my parents. We kind of did the same thing. Grand Canyon. We did a bunch of like other stuff too, but we spent like the one night in Vegas, 
it was it was pretty like overwhelming i mean i was younger and like kind of like clubs and stuff like that kind of like overwhelm me in general sometimes i have to be in the right mood i mean i go to clubs and stuff but not all the time um but yeah i i I do kind of interest i do have interest in going but it's also like like you said like i wouldn't want to make it my whole trip is like going to vegas yeah i spent one night there and the next day i was like how i cannot see how people spend multiple days here also i can't see how people bring kids under the age of 10 here because after 10 p.m the whole streets are filled with just signs about escorts and prostitution and <laughs> the crazy people come out and there, right? yeah, yeah everything a lot of stuff's legal there i i you know i wasn't expecting to look for any illegal substances slash drugs then i went into a bathroom the very first bathroom i went into just to go pee this mm. guy looked at me and he's like hey you got drugs and i was like no I'm like no i don't have any and he's like no 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 like i got i got them for you and i was like what and he's like, yeah, you're like, what do you want? And I was like, I, I'm like, I, no, no, I'm sorry, can't tonight. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, walked away, like, nice. And I was like, yeah, like, I'm not going to, I've seen the hangover, buddy. I'm not going <laughs> to die tonight. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, those those guys in the in the bathroom with, like, the. Yeah, it whatever. was, like, real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really people I've, standing in there. I've never seen that in America, but I've seen that in, like, like um, I live close to Montreal and Vermont. So they they have them there and like in Europe and then like in Australia when I was there too they they have those guys God. it's funny it was pretty insane I didn't expect yeah. that to happen and then I was just awake most of the night because apparently they pump oxygen yeah. into like the hotels mm-hmm. to, to keep you up and yeah. I didn't know it was like five a.m. and I was like shit yeah <laughs> yeah they they know how to make they know how to steal your money there yeah, that's definitely did. for sure. So you were you were camping in the Grand Canyon in the Grand Canyon or near the Grand Canyon? Near the Grand Canyon. Okay. Did a hike into the Grand Canyon and back out. But for two nights stayed in the Grand Canyon. What we did is we flew into Vegas, rented mm-hmm. a car, drove from Vegas to Phoenix, stayed with his aunt for a night in Phoenix, drove from Phoenix to the canyon, stayed there for two nights, did us some hikes. It was mm-hmm. pretty dope. Grand Canyon is beautiful. Yeah. Um, then we drove from the canyon to Vegas. And then we stopped at the Hoover Dam, obviously, where Transformers was filmed. <laughs> You're a big Transformers guy. <laughs> that's, every time I see the Hoover Dam, that's like the first thing I think of, which is really bad because <laughs> like I shouldn't think of the Transformers movie. I don't know what I would think of <laughs> if I saw the Hoover Dam. Honestly, that was dope. I'd just be like, "Oh fuck, that's big." Yeah, I was like, "Damn, that's like this, this Hoover Dam." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Okay." Then we went to Vegas and blacked out. Yeah, and got really high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like vicious yeah yeah so i went to the grand canyon when i was a kind of a kid i i i don't know if it was because so like we did this trip we went to zion national park mm. i don't know if you've heard of it yeah uh bryce national park where else did we go did we go anywhere else that's like a dream trip I yeah <laughs> there's maybe there's maybe one more i don't know but we went to the Grand Canyon, and I, for some reason, I just was like, yeah, like, I, I don't know, and I don't know if it was just I did, like, we did the wrong things. I mean, I was also probably in middle school, so, like, don't, like, mm-hmm. I probably couldn't appreciate it, but we stayed at, like, the, there's, like, a national park there, and, like, we stayed in, like, this place there, and we didn't really, like, do any of the hikes into the Grand Canyon or anything. We just kind of walked around the outer rim 
I think there's like, I forget what it is, probably like the outer rim or walk mm-hmm. or something like that. But I just like, I don't know. I just remember like, I was like, yeah, like, I, cause I thought the other places were like far cooler cause we like went into it. And so like, I kind of want to go back just to like, see like, does that hold up? Or like, was I just like a dumb kid that yeah, wasn't appreciated? I spoke about with my friend. I'm like, when you're older, you appreciate it so much more. Yeah. It's like when I was there, it was like my first time ever going. I yeah. was absolutely like dumbfounded. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I, I could like think back. I'm like, if I was like 12 right now, like I'd be like, okay, cool. And then I'd be bored. I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to play Xbox or something. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I, go. <laughs> I do think it was because it was at the end of the trip too. So like we had been to Bryce, we had been to Zion. I'm trying to think. There had to be a third one. Maybe not. Anyways, besides <laughs> the point. Uh, but, and like we, like I said, we had done stuff there and just like not doing anything. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. We camped out in the national park as well. Like okay. on the campground. Very fun. Mm-hmm. Very cold at night. Went from like 70 during the day to 20 at night. So, Jesus. Very drastic. <laughs> How did you get like camping equipment? Did you like, his aunt like had a whole bunch so that's probably yeah that's that's part of the reason why we went like all the way to phoenix and all the Mm -hmm. way back up yeah just coincided well i love i love it out there uh because we my dad's aunt and uncle live in not phoenix but like a suburb and the dry heat is just amazing oh you like like that yes well it's like 90 degrees but it doesn't feel that it doesn't feel that way it's just like blistering hot though (laughs) yeah but would you rather it be humid i don't know i'd rather it be like 70 and humid (laughs) and then like rather than like 110 and like well i don't think i experienced like 110 but like i remember it was like 90 and i was like this is like kind of (laughs) nice because i I just i hate the humidity i just can't stand I can understand that. I like California 70. Like, well, know. yeah. I mean. <laughs> when I want to visit out there, it's just like that weather was like the sun just makes you feel warm, mm-hmm. <laughs> which doesn't happen here. It's like either the air is warm or yeah. nothing else. <laughs> yeah. It's like I woke up on Monday morning to go to the gym and there's fucking snow on the ground. I was yeah, like, I was freezing. I was like, what are we doing? Like two weekends ago, I was on my back deck on sunday and it was like sunny out and it's gonna <laughs> be 60 tomorrow on. yeah is it <laughs> yeah jesus new england weather everyone boston weather's crazy yeah why why do we live here i don't know i ask myself that all the time I, i've tried to move to california i actually got a job offer there before i got a job offer really here for sales i got a job offer there as a financial relationship manager interesting but i didn't take it because i had to pass my series 7 and series 63 exams which i didn't major in finance nor did i want to study for them yeah because if i failed i would have had to i would have lost the job i'm not gonna go to california risk failing (laughs) that's what happened to one of my one of my friends he works in that industry and he has a new kid on his team that was like the similar setup and the kid like failed so they and they didn't fire him or something but like he had to pass the next one. He ended up passing it, but that I would have been that so is another, scared. <laughs> that is another thing. Going back to what I was talking about about the different industries, cultures. I specifically chose marketing because there's no extra tests. Yeah, like accounting, you gotta get your CPA. Like finance, you gotta do a Series Seven shit to get your CFP, CFA, whatever. I specifically chose marketing because you didn't. I mean, I've done like certifications and stuff like on online and that give you kind of like knowledge and stuff but i was like no i don't want to do any yeah. more tests because it's it to me i'm just like why would i 
I'm going to have a full-time job. Like, I want to have a life, too. Exactly. That's, like, why part of the reason I went to sales. I'm like, you know, you don't really need many brain cells. You just need to, just need to talk to people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, the company I worked for, it was software. And, like, people came to us to ask for the software. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was the best part about it. I didn't have to find people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I do actually bring it way back. You mentioned the beginning. So... Like toast versus like square, because I feel like that's like kind of a big competitor. That is the biggest, yeah, the two big competition how, between the two. How big is toast? Like, is it nationwide? Like international? It's. I think it's starting to. When I interned there, twenty nineteen, it was like six hundred, seven hundred employees total. Mm-hmm. So from then, I well actually, when COVID hit, they laid off fifty percent of their workforce. So okay. I don't know where they're at now, but. They were growing rapidly. Well, yeah, they probably got absolutely hammered yeah. by COVID. Oh, yeah, they got destroyed by COVID, which is why <laughs> they said, we can't hire you. And not yeah. even we can't hire you, they laid off half of their sales staff. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, oh, you're a technology business in the yeah. restaurant space? Yeah, and then the other fun fact about that is toast. And oh, then I really? told them no this time. Yeah. <laughs> even though I like was the one that set up the interview and like went through the whole process, <laughs> I got the offer and I told them no. Yeah. But it felt powerful because they told me one, no one. Yeah. But I didn't trust it. But at this point, I'm kind of sad that I didn't trust it because now Toast is public. <laughs> yeah. And they were doing well, but I couldn't predict that. Like, it was oh, the end definitely. of 2020. And they were like, oh, we're, we're doing so well right now. And I'm like, you guys just laid off like a couple thousand people. Like, you think you want me to believe that? <laughs> but they're doing well. So, yeah. Huh. <laughs> Do you ever see them like becoming bigger than Square or no? I don't think so. Square's the Apple version, basically. Yeah. It's like Apple versus Android. <laughs> Square's gonna be the one. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. And like I've I've talked to someone else that like works at Toast and they I don't Yeah, I mean <laughs> I don't think they're gonna be as big. Obviously. Yeah, they're also like two actually Square hasn't like launched into the restaurant like business fully yet. They do like point of sale, but it's not like you can't, you don't like run your restaurant on Square like you do Toast. So, so what's the difference? So, Square is more of just like cash register, yeah. like point of sale, everything besides that. Okay. And then Toast is like made for that. So, like for example, if you go to a coffee shop, like most, you're going to probably see Square most times because mm. it's much easier for those transactions. But yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, well, do you have anything else you want to talk about or we should probably wrap up here? Yeah. Um, I'm good. Anything else people want to know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is there, is there a contact information that people can get in touch with you if they want to learn more about you? <laughs> well, I mean, I plugged the Twitter last time, BTR Matt two. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my Twitter. My Instagram is at Matt Amadeo. My name will probably be spelled in the spot podcast. Um, yeah, you can reach out or you can contact me, DM me for bookings. <laughs> <laughs> and and once once you get some cool art archival archival arch- materials, archivist, yeah. Once you become an archivist yeah. in DC or somewhere cool, we can have you back on and we can talk about 
some yeah. more research projects and things like that. Yeah, that'd be nuts. <laughs> uh, one more question is: so I'm assuming it's not just in America; it's like worldwide, right? Yeah, every, like every, every place has an archive. Would you ever want to do that? Like, or can you? Like, as a like I don't foreign know, citizen, I don't know if I could ever do that. I, um, I know if it's like corporate corporations, you can yeah. do it, but for government, I don't know. So even like even like businesses oh like, yeah businesses i didn't get into this earlier like businesses have archives like disney has I mean, one of the sense. biggest archives ever or like coca-cola or yeah like coca Cola has a dope archive actually <laughs> i've toured it it's so cool <laughs> i kind of want to go on an archive tour now coca-cola has such a cool archive they you can be a corporate archivist <laughs> they make the most money obviously out well, of all yeah. archivists <laughs> <laughs> no surprise yeah there. damn corporate i know all right. Well, thank you for listening. Um, again, we'll plug the, the sponsor, Schultz Power Washing Equipment. If your house is looking a little dirty or your driveway or your roof, uh, head on over to Instagram and look up Schultz Power Washing. If you're in the New Hampshire, Massachusetts, New York, Rhode Island, uh, pretty much the Northeast, he'll make the drive out. He's a great guy and he'll clean that right up for you. Um, Matt, thanks again for coming on. Did you have fun? Yeah, this is a great time. I am can't wait to go get some food. <laughs> you haven't eaten yet. Well, you know, I, I got to find Jesus, time. I should have gotten you food. All right, <laughs> no. well, we'll end this so you can eat. Okay, bye, <laughs> bye. <laughs>